Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee's Dan. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Let me say that one more time. DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you can have me at your next event. I like to party with the people. Ah, so exciting. Speaking of so exciting, today on the program, I have Emily Glazner. Who's Emily Glazner? Who is that? Well, you're going to find out in the next few minutes. Here's a little hint Red Iris. There, that's all I'm going to say for right now. This week's shows, uh, well, it's uh, as I'm recording on Friday night, I do have a public show. We're breaking out of this coronavirus quarantine. So I do have a public show on Friday night, 8 p.m. at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. You know the Rab, your favorite place to be. Yeah, I said it, your favorite place to be. You better get out to the Rab. Now, there's limited capacity. We are taking precautions and trying to, to, to keep in mind all all the people out there that are uh, suffering with the COVID-19. But for the most part, you know, if you're strong, if you're healthy, come on out and play with us over at the Rab. They got the full bar. The kitchen is open. The pool tournament just started back up last Friday night, and that went very well. I was very excited to see all the pool players back. And you know me on this side. I have the video dance party, karaoke jam. I I keep saying video dance party. I I guess I have to cut it down to just video party karaoke jam because we're trying to keep the dance floor a little emptier because you have this stage and people are singing and they could it out and it could have some kind of disease on it so uh you know what i'm thinking maybe the the germaphobes had it right <laughs> they had it right all along all right just take precautions take care of yourself i'll have the the wipes with you know next to me on the table and then there there'll be some some uh, hand sanitizer wash your hands you know you should have been doing that anyway washing your hands wash your body make sure that you you wash all the grime of the day away uh, do you take showers in the morning or in the night i, I want to know do you take showers in the morning to wake up or do you take it at night to wash all the the germs from the day off i'm i'm a nighttime guy you know after after a long day of work i, I want to wash all that grime right off my body yeah and i man i've been washing my hands since before it was cool okay so do that uh, take care of yourselves for sure all right now that i've given you the sermon and the place to be on friday night 8 p.m until 1 in the am the rab in conway arkansas now it's time to talk to emily glazner yeah let's do it let's skype emily glazner now Look at that beautiful face. All right. <laughs> Emily Glazner. Did I pro- pronounce that correctly? You did. You did. I just found out like Glazner was like a glass maker. I thought that was great. Oh, I was like the glaziers. And I was like, oh, okay. Isn't that, my maiden name is Faust. 
Okay. So that's German, as in, you know, it's fist. All and right. There was something called, like, a, there was some type of actual bomb that was like the Faust something. And that's interesting because it came in like a fist. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Glazier, which is a glass maker, is not. Okay. Not Emily cool. Glazier, are you still holding your yeah, phone? I am still holding my phone. Put it is that okay? down. <laughs> it's wiggling. I don't know where to put it. It's wiggling. It's wiggling. Oh, and maybe here. Oh, does that work? Look how steady that is. That looks wonderful. <laughs> and now, now we can start the show. What's up, okay. Emily Glazner? It's Keys Dan with the What Makes You Famous podcast. How is your day? My day is actually pretty fabulous. Well, tell um, me about it. Tell me all about uh, it. Tell you all about my day. Uh, I got up and I found out there were some more video stations that were spinning our records. That's really great. I know we're getting a lot closer to... Uh, the in game and our new EP coming up. So that's really fabulous. So just exciting, you know. It is very exciting. Um, now, who are you snapping at back there? Now, for those that are I listening can, to the audio I hear, portion, I could hear my child try to get in. That's why I put the pack of records in front of the door. Wait, actual so, records? Wait, uh, I, yeah. uh, let's, Grandma, what, what's a record? What is yeah, a record? No, no. My children know what records are. Come on, I'm a musician. I see that. But okay, so, all right, let's, let's start. Let's find some place to start. What is in your record collection right now, Emily Glazner? Uh, well, uh, I'm a really, really big fan of Elton John. So I think almost all of his records are in my record collection right now. Plus some really neat ones. Like I've got a couple, couple of bootlegs. Um, I've got a uh, what's Abbey a Road. What, what's a bootleg? A, you know what a bootleg no, is. No, no. you got to explain it for the kids out okay. there. All right. For the kids out there. But I actually, it's where um, they make a record of something that's never been released by an actual real record company. It's normally not very good quality, as in the one I have. I believe it's called Elton John Apple Pie, which is kind of a, uh, but it's really neat because it was, it was like in 72 and uh, it's a recording. I think it doesn't even have the guitar player in it. And it's pretty cool. It's it's in a live recording, and I've heard it like twice. But then I'm like, I don't ever want to spin it again. Oh, but did you, were you able to digitize it at all? Uh, put it no, on an MP3. No, I form? don't know how to do any of that. I'm more old fashioned. It's like I don't. I just got my very first Apple phone because I wanted to do a Zoom um, a quiz show that took place in England, and so I was like, Oh, I have to have an iPad. People are like that's not a reason to have an iPad. I was like, Yes, it is. All right, <laughs> Emily Glazner, where are you located at right now? Baytown, Texas. Born and raised? No, uh, I was actually born in Mississippi, Natchez, Mississippi. But I've lived in Baytown since I was about 12. All right. Well, let's back up a little bit. Let's give the, the blurb. Mm -hmm. If you were uh, looking at your Wikipedia page, uh, give the people an idea of who you are, Emily Glazner. Uh, I am uh, a musician. Uh, I, I was born in Natchez, Mississippi. I moved to Texas as soon as I could get there, which is I, when my parents and the oil company said we had to move. Um, I've got kids. Uh, I am passionate about human rights and uh, music. Interesting time things. that we're living in right now. And I'm sure we'll it get to current, really current events. If you, I, I want to get your views on everything. Of course, we're going to talk about music, but I want to get your views. Since you mentioned human rights, we're, we're living in a time right now and you're in Texas. How, how is it presenting in Texas? And what do you think about all this that's going on? Well, I can tell you from, this is not necessarily a red iris view. This is my view. Um, I, 
I am all for people being exactly who they are. And that not too many, but, it, you know, being in Texas, it's actually right down the middle. You know, you can sit in a bar and you can sit like, you know, right at the bar. and Well, not right now, but like other places. Other times, and the person to the left of you can have views of you know oh um, more bigotry views, and the person to the right of you has you know all you know just as open views as they can be. It's very mixed place at the moment, actually. What city in Ar- in Texas are you in? I live in Baytown, which is right outside of Houston. Right outside of Houston. Now I've heard things about Austin, where that would be the the island of lefties in a state yeah. full of righties is that proper have you been to austin i don't i've, I've heard that and i don't necessarily think that's true okay. i really think every bit of houston and every bit of austin every bit of dallas everybody's got you know i really think texas is pretty split down the middle i could see that i've done some parties in houston uh well i uh, see i was doing singles parties back in i guess it was 95 i did a tour all over the u.s and i went uh out the 10 and i had stops all the way across uh, all the way and until i got to the eight to san diego but i stopped in houston and i had a great time i did three parties a uh, friday saturday and a sunday uh, afternoon pool party and I thought the people were wonderful and it was different people coming in, uh, you know, for the singles event. And it was, it it seemed very diverse to me. I do like Texas. It's a big state. It's a state that's on its own. I mean, I I know that uh, Texas could break off from the union very easily uh, uh, because just the power grid I've heard East, West and Texas. That's the power grid. You yeah. Know, so, w- what's it like living in a, in the state of Texas in that respect? I mean, it, well, well any, I anything. think it's very much that. I mean, we we have our own views on everything, and you know, I know that lots of people whenever they go other countries or they go wherever, they're like, "I'm from Texas," <laughs> you know, and you're proud to say, "I'm from Texas." Like I said, I did a quiz show last last week and i got to, i said i'm from texas you know and that was that's cool i like being able to say that it it, it does have its own flavor its own uh, re- religion its own views its own state of mm-hmm. mind uh, people think oh i'm from new york and yes that has a a region on its own and uh, me personally i'm from miami the florida keys and I, I was very happy to be from there with all the blue the ocean but in texas you have it takes it it took me what six hours to drive across it if i as the if i went all the way across 10 and in each each part of that drive there was you know there was desert there was farm there was big city there was there's everything in texas Uh, you know and i i do want you uh, to take a, a portion of this podcast and make it for the the beer the the um tourism of texas the bureau of tourism texas uh, according to Emily Glazner. <laughs> well, I can tell you that. And you have a little dog. plenty of things to see. You have a little dog out back. I'm hearing. I do. Rah, rah, rah. It's not out back. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, uh, that's in the living room. That's my kid's dog. Oh, it's your kid's it's dog. Place. It's not your dog. We got dog. no carpet. The, the, <laughs> the sound is going to travel. What kind but, of dog is it? I mean, there's it? amazing things. Um, we call it a chewini. Cause it's, it, but she looks like a luck dragon, you know, like from the never ending story. Cause she's a long haired chihuahua and mixed with uh, a Dotson. And she, yeah, she's like one and a half. She's real, she's smart. That's cause she's a chihuahua. She's a big mix of them all. 
And little dogs are the ones you got to worry about. Those are the ones that people don't take the time to train. Big dogs, people will go sit, uh, stay, roll over. But little dogs, it seems like, oh, it's just a little dog. You won't hurt anybody. But they will bite your ankles. They will. They'll bite your ankles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's not too bad about that. But I know other people who have dogs. And the moment I walk into certain houses, yeah, they're up. But they're sweet when they do it. But they do do that. All right. Now, you did mention earlier that your views are very separate from Red Iris. Now, for the people that don't know, what is a Red Iris? Oh, Red Iris is uh, is my band. It's an original band. We're out of Houston. Uh, I've uh, got drummer, guitar player, keyboard player slash rhythm and, and bass. And then me, I am the vocalist. Well, I like to give credit where credit is due. So uh, as the vocalist, as the front person, uh, call out the band. Who are the members of the band? So our drummer is JJ, um, JJ Hera. Uh, we have Zeke Hernandez as our lead guitarist. We have Oscar Gonzalez, because I call him OG, so I had to think about it. <laughs> Oscar Gonzalez as our thump and bass player. Uh, and with the fabulous Brock Wilson, who uh, does keyboards and rhythm guitar. He's actually mixing our uh, upcoming EP and singles, and he really is just pretty fabulous with that. And it's great having that built in, you know? Now, is that the it's lineup? Built that, into the band. Is that the lineup that Red Iris has always had, and how long has Red Iris that been is, a band? Is, uh, we've been around since uh playing live since uh 2017 2017 so about three years yes we got together in 2016 just to see what we we, you know you know but the band really began to gel in 2017 well i do want to find out how does a a red iris find each other Uh, are you all seasoned musicians that came from other bands or came out of school or you know what how how did you all come together in 2016 start practicing Uh, and then find yourself good enough uh, you know what i think we're good enough to get out there and do something so in 2016 (laughs) how did red iris form well we are all seasoned musicians and the band had been together um the the i believe it was the rhythm guitarist and keyboard player he had some really great songs that they were starting and they had kind of put a band together and they were looking for a singer and i just happened to know some other members of the band and uh the drummer he said hey over and jam with us which was kind of like i guess like a to see if i fit and we actually started started you know working on the music that brock and uh, his wife had started writing, his wife, Michelle. And uh, you know, I put my own spin on it. And we started writing and playing an original song right then and there. And it was like, okay, I think this is going to work. And, and it really has. Because we all have completely different um, uh, ideals of things and, and influences. And we have some that are the same, of course, because we gel together. And then we have some that are completely, completely different. So, Emily, Glaze, yourself the best. How did you start in, in this journey, uh, music-wise? I mean, and, and I'm guessing maybe it started, uh, you know, where, do, where were you born again? I was born in Mississippi. Mississippi. What part of Mississippi? What city? Natchez. Natchez. Sounds like the tiniest, teeniest, tiny town. It's not. It's not. It's actually got so great. I love being from Natchez. It's got some mm, history and then it's got some wonderful history. But just being from a historic place like that is pretty fabulous. It's beautiful. And yeah, I love being from there. I love having that soulful, you know, from something 
soulful and old. And like I said, it's got all kinds of history. You got history that you just, you shake your head at, and it's got history that's really beautiful. So, um, but I used to sing along with the radio all the time. And when I was 15, I wanted to learn how to play the piano. And my parents were like, no, we have a guitar. If you can learn how to play this, then you can get guitar lessons. And so I did. And here I am. Okay. Now, growing up in, a, in, the, in the town of Natchez, Mississippi, a, a, mm-hmm. a small, uh, well, not, a not so small town, just sounds small to me, but you, you well, grew yeah, up in the South. And yes, any city in the south that was part of the the union uh, during the civil war has its mixed uh mixed history you know that struggles oh well it wasn't a part of the union it was definitely oh. a part of the confederacy, the confederacy but, i'm sorry um, during the civil war by the time yeah, well that's okay because <laughs> i just think that you'll get a lot of people going no we're not from there we were the confederates you know which that's what i mean is your mixed history that you know you're very proud of and then you're like oh i wish those things didn't happen but they didn't you know, the only way you can can learn is to to move forward and be positive. Well, a, a young Emily, and, so, and I know that racism is taught; it's all taught. I didn't yeah, know black absolutely. or white until sixth grade when somebody said, "Oh, you know that that guy over there, he's different than us." He is. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, I, I went to Catholic school until until sixth grade in uh, in Miami, Florida, where it's very diverse, very. Uh, melting pots lots of different people uh, i'm half cuban myself and half irish so i'm a melting pot uh, you know in, in itself and, and, and you know i so I, I know spanish and i'm able to converse with different types of people but uh, you know growing up in in natchez you're listening to music uh, how how are you developing as a as a young emily uh, you know growing up i guess it was faust is what you said. Yes, Emily Faust. That's right. Well, um, I have, I have uh, two older brothers that are four and six years older than me. I've got a younger brother as well. Uh, but I would hear their rock music, you know, because they had to, I had to tag along with them, poor things. And then, you know, my mother, she was really, really into R&B and soul. I can remember listening to Michael Jackson Thriller for the first time. So I would have been like three or four then and just, wow, that's amazing. But then, yeah. My dad, who brought in Roy Orbison and uh, George Strait and just all kinds of Merle Haggard, like he'll come to one of my gigs, doesn't matter where we are, and he goes, can you play me some Merle? I'm like, Dad, you know I can't play any Merle. <laughs> well, that sounds <laughs> like a well-rounded. things that he does. Yeah, it sounds like a very well-rounded musical education. You take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it become, it starts to form who you are musically. So, yeah, between Michael Jackson, Merle Haggard, and, and the rock music that your older brother was, was bringing, uh, yeah, you, you have yeah. a lot to choose from uh, to make you who you are. So, uh, what was the, the f- okay, you had older brothers. Were they very protective of you? How was your relationship with them? Always. Yeah, I have two. They're, they were, they're also, you know, get away from me, kid. You bother me. But like, no, 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 no. She's my sister. Don't mess with her. You know, that whole great thing. And then I actually have a little brother. So I got to do the same thing. And then when we got to be teenagers and I'm grown, he took over that role too. He's like, no, no, that's my sister. And I'm like, you know that you're my little brother, but he's like six foot four. So I love being the only girl with all the boys. I actually have three boys myself. So I was like, I was just made to be this. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I mean that you're a, a, an island of estrogen in a sea of testosterone. So, Absolutely. You know, Even I, like with the band and everything. I think that I'm the flower. I am the iris. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, what was, what was your relationship? 
relationship with your parents? I mean, what what did you learn from them? Because that's the first experience that you have oh, growing up. What did you learn value. from mom? What did you learn from dad? I, uh, from both of my parents, I learned good values. I learned, you know, not judging people. I learned do the right thing. You know, um, don't, if you don't want some, I, you know, the golden rule has always been really big in my house. You know, do, if you don't want somebody to do something to you, you don't do that to them. You know, being fair and being honest and that kind of thing. And and, and that's in the South and, you know, that could be rolled into the Bible or it could be any, any anywhere else. But growing up, it's just, you know, do the right thing. So, okay. You know? Were you very uh, taught in biblical ways or, or how was that growing I, up? And yeah, uh, I, I was, for, for the first part of my life, I was Church of Christ, um, uh, which is, uh, I haven't been Church of Christ in a while. It's a, uh, uh, my, my parents were, um, it's, being a musician, is, <laughs> it's just a little bit different. I have nothing against people from Church of Christ. I also, you know, at one time, uh, I went to a Baptist church as well, you know, Southern Baptist, where you got that great choir in there, uh, which is, you know, that moves you. you know, um, so that's you the know, difference in Church of Christ, there's no music then? There is no, there is, there's plenty of music. It's just voices. They, you, know, uh, you don't play any instruments. Okay. So... Yeah, I went to Catholic school, so everything or was piped in. Dance. You know, everything was piped in. So we we had our. It was a lot of call and answer. I remember in, in Catholic yeah. school was uh, you know body of Christ. Yes, the body of Christ. Uh, the, the, uh, yes, you know we give it up to the Lord. Yes, we, He's wonderful. And, you know, it was a lot of stand, sit, kneel, stand, sit, kneel, stand, sit, kneel. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, but but I, you know, I grew up out of that as well, and it's it's funny how how those things shape us as we grow up and. I guess the Bible is a good book of instructions, whether you whether you uh, believe in one thing or another. It gives you a good moral code, I suppose, as you're growing up. And, you know, and I've since left all that behind. Um, I, I wish I had faith. I wish I had the the faith that I had when I was younger. But you know, well, I I, yeah. I truly like the idea of do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I mean, that could be in everything. You know, uh, unless so you're that, a psychopath. You know, and you want to do a bad, you know, masochist, and you want to do well, bad but things. But a psychopath to wouldn't want somebody to murder them. So you know, I mean, it works all way around. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't want them to murder you. You don't murder them. Okay. You don't want them to steal your stuff. Don't steal their stuff. You know. <laughs> no, I like the way you think. I like, I like where we're heading, Emily. I'm getting your views on things, and and, and that's what I want. I, I I enjoy this these conversations because I get to pick people's brains and right now i'm picking your brain emily glazner and yes we'll touch on music because that's primarily what we're here about uh, yes you have a band called red iris everybody go listen to that band okay continuing on with the the life and times of <laughs> emily glazner uh, you know i, I want to know more about you as you're growing up uh what are you studying in school and and how how are your relationships with your with the kids in school um you know what i, I had a, a select few friends i I was always different. I was never the girl who'd go and, you know, be super, super girly, although I can be girly, as you see my nails. Uh, I, but I just, that wasn't the most important thing. You know, I liked running, jumping and climbing trees and, you know, playing tag and sports and having brothers. You know, I, you know, some people have girls to and sisters. To, oh, does this look cute? Does that, no, I didn't really have that. They're like, oh, I really like those Converse. You know, that was me. 
Um, I have the friends that I had in high school, I still have now, which is really great. The friends I have in college, I still have now. I think for me, my life started after high school. I graduated early from high school just to get past all the, you know, that part of it. Uh, but I enjoyed school in the sense of I love history and I really like literature, like quite a bit. Um, so, uh, those things were fun. Now, math and science, I'm like, uh, once you put a letter in with math, I'm like, you lost me. I don't know. I don't know what it is. They're <laughs> like, well, A represents six and B represents uh, two. What's this? And I was like, I don't even care. You said A and B and it's math and it's not supposed to. It's supposed to. I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, I just... Well, some br- so some people's brains that. work that way. You know. Yeah, some people's, yeah. And, and, and I give it up to the people that know math and, and are scientists, and please, go save the world. You be yes, that person. Yes, I'm just not that person. You know, cure every disease <laughs> and, and make us all live forever. That's wonderful. But for the other uh, few of us that, that are creators and, and people that enjoy that side of it, yeah, school, I, I've been to school a bunch of times, you know, mostly for for different certificates that I wanted, you know, radio broadcasting and learning how, how, how to uh, psychology and learning a little bit about sociology and stuff like that. But, you know, what's your, your school life like? And you, you alluded that high school, you want to just get out of there. So you weren't part of any cliques back in high school? I, I, I wasn't part of any cliques back in high school, no. Uh, I, was, I was the weird girl that liked Elton John, you know, and think about that. So this would have been like, which he's super popular now, which doesn't make me mad, but I think I go in a store and I see a t-shirt and I'm like, do you know, I would have loved to be able to found that t-shirt when I was like 15 and 16, you know, but I couldn't. And I do love that, you know, because Rocketman was a fabulous movie, but you see what I'm saying? You're like, I'm like, really? And then the, nobody looks at you weird for it, which is a wonderful, amazing thing that we have traveled so far. But man, did I, oh my God, they would lay into me terribly. But I didn't care. I was like, I'm very strong. I'm like, you don't like it. I don't care that you like it. I really, really like it. And because I was such a big fan, I learned how to play keyboards. Not very well, but I didn't. That's where I started playing guitar. That's what I did in high school. I started to play guitar. No, I'm not the greatest. I can't make it sing or whatever. I love John Mellencamp goes, I just want to know enough chords to be able to write a song, sing it, you know, because I don't want to make it cry and do all that other stuff. I thought, that's me. That's exactly how I am. And that's what I did. I took lessons and for like a year and then I took off from there and I could play all kinds of things. So I would, you, you know, I I was the person at the coffee shop, literally in high school, I worked at coffee shops and I would play and people would, you know, would come along and pay me and the coffee shop would pay me. I worked in a restaurant my, my senior year for about eight months and I worked from Tuesday to Saturday. I played every single night and I got paid like with a paycheck to go play. I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Like, this is fabulous. No, that's you know. very enterprising, Emily, that to, to go and play at such a young age. I'm guessing you're, what, 16, 17 years old, maybe? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you started yeah. playing right, guitar? Right there. And, and how long after you started playing guitar and got these lessons, and you say the lessons lasted about uh, maybe a year or a so? A year. So I started taking the lessons right, right, right when I turned 15, right before I turned 15. And I would pick the hardest songs. I had this great teacher uh his name is kevin harden he's amazing because i would come in and i would say i want to learn this song and he had such an ear he would listen to the song well poor man because my songs were like elton john songs so i was like i want to learn how to play tiny dancer and i went that <laughs> he would take it and and you'd write it out and show me how to count it and it was fabulous that's where i learned bar chords the first song i ever learned how to play all the way through was your song 
<laughs> my Elton John. We put it in C. I remember that. And he broke it down for me. And I freaked him out because I came back the next week. This is, I think, my second lesson. I came back the next week and I could play it and I could sing it. And he's like, oh, you can sing. So halfway through the lessons, there was something in town that they did at the college here. Um, and they called it the Baytown Opry. And so that was the very first time I got in front of a stage, a big stage, and was singing like with the band behind me. I was 15 years old. And I sang Blue Bayou. I remember that really well. <laughs> and this is in Mississippi. And that was great. No, this is in Texas. Okay, so by this that time, Texas. so you left Mississippi at an earlier, uh, at a way younger I left age. at nine. I left at, at nine. At nine. What was the transition there? Uh, you alluded to that your your parents were in the oil business, maybe? My dad worked for worked for an oil company, and uh, so they moved us from Mississippi to Texas. Okay, just uh, following where the oil is, I guess. And that's was, exactly what it was, yeah. He, he was a roughneck, I guess, or, or worked no, um, hard work? Or? No, he, he worked on the wells. Uh, you know, so little. I don't know what you would call it, which is terrible. I just remember going with him, and when they would show, you know, you know that when you're driving along in Texas or any southern state, and you go by and you see, it looks like a rocking horse, but I can't sure. think it's the pumps, you know, the rigs sure. going up and down. I can remember, he used to work on those. I remember that. And he would check them. All, all of my uncles do the same thing, which is great. Even on my mother's side, they all, they even all work for the same company now. Well, still. that tells me a lot about my dad. He moved on. It tells me a lot about your dad that, you know, because that, that work is, is hard work. It, mm -hmm. It's, it's dangerous work. It, there's mm -hmm. for a kid for a younger man it's it's good work because you know a, a young man who who doesn't have anybody that's tying him down uh can work for weeks on end make a, a good chunk of money store that up and then by the time he's ready to have a family it, you know he'll have something set aside you know but it's hard on your body i've seen some of these kids you know by the time they're 30 they look 50 you know, so uh, it is absolute very hard work. Like I said, everybody in my family, like all of my uncles, my, my uncles uh, on my mom's side uh, and my uncles on my dad's side, they all work for the, the, in, in, in the in the oil industry. And I can remember I can't you know, you remember the smell of things. You remember how I mean, as a kid, there's a certain smell that each one of those trucks has. And it's not a bad smell. It's just like dirt and oil. And, I, you know, you know what crude oil smells like. You know, you know, I can remember when it was take your dad, take your daughter to work day <laughs> was where we would go, you know, and have those big boots on and you walk out there and just look at all the stuff that he was doing. And it's pretty great. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great because you see a different side of it. You know, when other people are complaining and they're saying the gas prices are so high. Yeah, that may be. But um when you work in the oil field, you don't really all make all that much money and it's hard work. And there, so whenever the gas prices are high, I never complain about it. Cause I know that means my family's making money and I'm not saying they're getting, being rich. They're being able to put food on the table. They're being able to, and not just my family, but other people like that. And especially places like Mississippi and other places in Texas. And I'm sure in Arkansas and even, even places up the North. I mean that if you look at it in a different kind of way, you know, you, you, I choose not to see things as black and white. It's more of cream and gray because that way, whether you see black and I see white, well, then we're going to clash. But if I see cream, I can kind of see your idea. And if you see white and I see black, same thing. So if I see something gray, I can see where you're coming from. My goal is to be able to see where you're coming from. 
Well, it's good. You're able to have a genuine conversation with people. You know, you're able yeah. to, to, to find, you know, I, I see you, I hear you, I hear that view. Why? Why that view? Mm-hmm. And then here, uh, you know, the, the oil business itself is very polarizing. People on both sides of the fence on that one. Oh, we need to uh, get rid of fossil fuels and, and get more uh, reusable fuels. But your family being in the oil business, yeah. you know, you, you might be more biased to, to where, hey, that's, that's my bread and butter. That's where I make yeah. my living. That's how I feed my family is with that oil business. And, you know, where where do you fall on that with the the way that it, it treats the land? But is there, where you know, I guess you have to, you'd probably be more biased towards believe. your family, but I don't want to put, put words in your head. Well, no, no, it's not that. I truly believe there are ways that we can go about doing things in a more clean manner. There are ways that we can go about not destroying things. You know, I like the idea of clean energy. You know, and if you you could incorporate them, but I also understand when you do that, that also takes away from the people who. Don't. But if you would put the time and money into one, and 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 some people just don't want to do that. But learning, and even if you take baby steps, you know, even if it's baby steps, it's steps in the most in a positive way. Now wiping it out, you just can't wipe it out completely. I know people want to do that. But you can't. But if you can see, if you could be somebody over that, I want to feed my family, but I understand what you're saying. And what if I tried to do this in a more clean way? What if I tried to use this tool instead of this tool or this thing instead of that? You know, those steps that you make, those are things that are going to change the world. I, shoot, I, it's, it's like, it's very uh, perplexing. The, the, well, I'd love to have clean energy. But I don't see where we can have it. I I have a ga- I have two gas cars. I, I you know I don't, I don't run on on electricity. I'd love to have one of these uh, Teslas that that have batteries and and you know they run for what three hundred miles or so and then you go recharge them again. But I can't afford a Tesla. I have this gas guzzling car, so you know, I, I'm I'm biased as well. You know. And I'm- but that would be the argument on the other side. So if you want everybody to use this clean product, then you need to make it more affordable and more user friendly. You know, if you want this tug from here, then you've got to give here. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, and and it's it's the companies being willing to do things like that. All right, and you say they're they're all still in the oil business, but your dad got out. What did he end up doing after? Um. He, he ended up working uh, for, for another plant, and uh, he he's actually went in to work for a plant. You know, he went to, to, to college to do something that he really wanted to do, and an environmental, and uh, ended up um, learning quite a bit, and then working for a plant. And that, that was really great, and he retired from there. And he's just really, really brilliant man, actually. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, he can do math, like, I can't do math. <laughs> he gave me love of history and literature, but the math, no, I All didn't right. get any of that. Well, yay, Dad. But yeah, he was a really brilliant man. And then, and then what did your mom do as you were growing up? Kind of- uh, my mom stayed at home for quite a bit, and she, she raised us, and then she decided she wanted to do something for herself and she became a hairdresser and she's very very good at it and she's been a hairdresser for over 20 years and i have so much respect for her seeing her life and looking at everything and say i want to do something that's me and then i bring the value and i think that's really amazing and she still does it 
she's she owned a salon for the longest time. I mean, like seventeen years plus, and then downsizing now, doing doing it, you know, in a different way. Like I'll, I'll go there, I'll take care of it, and I will go home, and I don't have to worry about all the other stuff that comes with owning your own business. But yeah, I think I learned a lot of really powerful things from from her as well. Well, I, I give it up to her for staying home and taking care of the kids. That's family values. That's what it's she hard. got from her. And that hey, hardest job <laughs> in the whole wide world. And it is. Uh, and a lot of people don't 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 know exactly how hard it is, but it absolutely is. Oh my goodness, homemaker is the hardest job. I wouldn't want to trade uh, and have that job. I keep my wife at home, and and she enjoys it. But I I often ask her, you know, do you do you have the need? Do you ha- want to go and? and get a job out there but no she homeschools my 14 year old and it, she says oh, wow. i wouldn't trade it for anything i would not trade it for anything but i believe she's an amazing woman and let me tell you why because of covid i have had to teach my children and it is not easy so like i have 18 11 and 7 and it would be me and the 7 year old going like i don't understand i don't know wait wait and i'd be like to my 18 year old come do this like <laughs> i don't understand what they're asking me to do like it's just no 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 wait 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 and they're like like, oh no, not the camera. <laughs> you know, all the little things that you have to do. And so that's amazing. And I give it up to the, the people who are teaching their kids at home and to our teachers. They need to make so much more money than they do because we are not teachers. I'm not. I know that I'm not a teacher and I'm okay with that. Well, and she's, she's admittedly not the smartest person in the whole wide world, but she has the teaching books and she's made a, a a goal to teach her for as long as she wants the the 14 year old she says you know every every year we ask her hey do you want to go to public school no no i'm enjoying myself now she's I'm, got a thing that's, that's that's great you know she she's all and, and she's all the better for it and i do not yeah. mind any kids in the background that little snap reminds me of my mama yeah <laughs> you well, are a great I mama snap works really well she because i can be in the car and i go that means don't say anything else you know <laughs> and that's a great way for me to say hey, hey hey don't come through here without me yelling the snap keeps me i can yell the snap keeps me from yelling. Oh, I so love that, that is the snap. they would have absolutely barged in, but that's why I put the thing of rather heavy right <laughs> up there. The first one is actually, um, I think the first we're going is a, a honky chateau is what I have over there. It was a great record. Honky chateau. That's an Elton John record. That is Elton John. Yeah, that's nineteen seventy-two. You know what's funny is is as soon as you mentioned Elton John, <laughs> I, I just watched the Rocket Man and I thought it was a fantastic. Wasn't it great? Fantastic movie. I had to go with some of my most favorite people in the world. And we all went together to see it. And I thought it was really great. I was like, I really want to go see this with me. And when I tell you, like, some of my closest friends, I got to see it with them. And then then it started off. And then I was like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be all this. And then I could, you know, I was kind of nervous because I loved him so much. And I really wanted it to be good. And it was a fabulous movie. And I loved how when we left, they were like, that was so good. I didn't even know anything about that. That was great. And that was awesome to share. It really is a great movie. Yeah, I the, enjoyed it the direction immensely. That the star got from Elton John was, don't be me, be yeah, your Karen version of great. me. And that was uh, the best yeah. direction ever. He didn't have to worry about being spot on Elton John, which is nearly impossible. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know, and me. You I'm know a, what? He actually yeah, does the, he reads, like Taryn reads uh, almost, it's like 95% of the me book, which I have as well. The, What's the, <laughs> the me biography, book? you know, the Elton John biography, the one he just put out, what is it, October or November is when it came out. And it's Taryn Edgerton 
description that reads it if you buy it on on audible which is one of my most favorite things is audible because oh, i love books and he reads it but he does everybody's voice i mean he does birdie Toppin. and i was like he sounds like birdie Toppin. and he goes he does david i was like he sounds like david it's just so he does john reed he does he does it all the way he reads it and i was like Boy, he's really talented. This is great. And so the b- book is so enjoyable just to sit and read. Like, I'll drive in my car. They have two two biographies that I, are just my go-to. Uh, one is, you know, a um, comedian that I just love immensely. And the other is uh, Elton John. So Comedian by? Oh, I really, truly love Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. He's okay. got a... He's got a great book. Um, believe me, a memoir. I love Death and Jazz Chickens, and I will not tell you how many times I have listened to it because you might look at me strange. But it's really fabulous and inspiring, and I really can. I could just put it in and just God, that's good. Oh, I'm a smidge older than you, but I had Bill Cosby records. Ugh, he ruined my my childhood. Yeah. And George Carlin and Steve Martin. My three first eight tracks were the Eagles' greatest hits. Uh, Stevie Wonder's uh, Superstition and the Wild Wild and Crazy Guy by Steve Martin. So those were the first things Wild that I was crazy yeah. Nineteen seventy five. I was listening to these things growing up in the seventies. I'm born in sixty nine, so fifty one years old. But you know, and I know you're a little bit younger than me, so I, I know that um, that that. Yes, you, you you would have that, but but my favorites were Queen. So trying to emulate Queen uh, growing up, and I love and, Queen. And, oh yeah. my goodness! But but the diversity yeah. of the styles of music, and Elton John has that similar quality where he could sing any type of music, anything. Yeah, oh, and he's it transitioned through the years since he began up till you know recently. You know, I guess what what was the last thing that that he sang, or what what's the last album if you can recall that Elton I think crazy nights i believe that was it and i got that for my birthday last year which was right around this time um from my kids and so i only have it on the album i just had the album but it's really fabulous but i um i like the albums that he put out i love uh peach tree road that was in the early 2000s That's such a good one then the one that he did with um leon russell oh my god it's so good the union talk about a good album yeah Fabulous. like leon russell anyway his his voice is so unique and then to, to mix yeah, it with elton yeah. john and to hear both of them together oh. to hear both of them together is, is great oh yeah so. oh my goodness so i'm learning so much from emily glazner thank you so much for for being here and 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 spouting well, out some of the views that you have on the, on the world hey <laughs> No, uh, for those no, for those that are listening to the audio only portion of the of the show, and I'll put this on as audio, but then I'll put the video up on YouTube, and they'll know exactly what happened. <laughs> so for those that yeah, are listening I got a on buzz, audio, nope. and then my phone dropped. No, you, you gave away the surprise. I was going to tell them oh, go go see the audio, <laughs> and you'll find out what happened. Sorry. No, it's those little things, you know, that that kind of add a little flavor to the podcast. So all right, so we're growing up. Uh, once you get out of high school. Uh, you were you were still taking lessons, or, or did you go to any college? No, at I all? only took lessons for a year, so from from fifteen to sixteen, and then I took off with. I mean, he taught me everything. Kevin was pretty amazing. He could just hear things, and I could come in. I can remember 
bringing in this song called Sugar on the Floor, which is actually Kiki D wrote it, but it's just a, the chords that are in it are just, man, they're so great. And it's like, this has a seven on it. And I remember trying to play it and it's great. And because he taught me not to use the cable, but to teach me the actual chords, the piano chords on a guitar. So I could break down chords in a different kind of way. And then I could transpose them in my head really quickly and understand how to do that. So he was great for teaching me how to do that. But like I said, that was a year. Then I took off. Uh, by the time I was 17, I was playing in coffee shops and restaurants. And um, in my early 20s, I was playing uh, in, in uh, honky-tonks, which are fun. <laughs> and you could play there. From, they're like, come on in and you'll play from 7 to 2. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there was a B.B. King song. He said, the life of a musician, you go to work at 9 p.m. And then Mm -hmm. you you get off work just about the time the sun's coming up. The sun's coming up. I have quite a few few friends that that do that to this day. And I'll go and I'll visit and I'll hang out with them a little bit. But... No, no, I like I like the way I've been doing things lately. No, but you, you spent your 20s uh, doing the work, you know, putting in the mm-hmm. time to, to to perfect your craft. Now, you, your guitar uh, teacher was surprised that you could sing. When did you start singing? When I was a kid. I used to love to, my, my dad and my, my mom worked in, in a nursing home in Mississippi. And I would sing with my dad at home. And I can remember we would go up to the nursing home and he had this little microphone and a, you know, box amplifier and his guitar. And we would sing things like, um, uh, oh, my goodness, <laughs> uh, Life's Just a Tire Swing, you know, that's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> we'll sing it his way. Or um, uh, Dream by the Everly Brothers. Or I always really love the Marty Robbins songs like the uh, Old Red. And I was seven, you know, I was seven years old and, and singing with my dad and thinking, well, this was great. And I'm still, you know, trying to get there. But like, I really, I've always enjoyed doing it. No, it sounds like a great bonding time for you and dad. And that's a wonderful yeah, thing, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, singing and you're getting a good musical education uh, at the at the same time, just to boot. Uh, wonderful. Uh, and so you did not go to college at all. The, the, no, the... I did. I oh, did go did. to college. Um, I went to college and I learned how to cut hair like my mother. I did not. I, I learned it all, but it wasn't my forte. And I finished it but i didn't get my my state license because it just wasn't it wasn't me but i have all the schooling but which is you, it's funny you, people are like why and i'll say because there are some people who can do it and some people can't i can tell you how to cut hair and dye hair i can't do it the people who do it i mean it's absolutely art and it and it's science and math do you cut <laughs> your kids hair for sure do you cut your kids' hair? No, I am so fortunate that my mother cuts their hair. Oh, well, that is fantastic. As, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, mine too, but I had no idea that this was going to be <laughs> where you'd see me. So I was like, I would have put more makeup on and, and all kinds of other stuff. But yeah, she cut my hair too. I was really happy because when everybody else couldn't get their hair cut in COVID, I was so glad that I could. No, I, I like this lot. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, the, the lighting is not perfect in your room so it's very it's very soft you're kind of darkened a little bit so you know me i got this big bright light on me so you can see so i can look mysterious yeah so you see my my (laughs) the full the full ugly punum right here you know it's in your face you know i'm mostly an audio guy i've been radio since 1986 and i just 
you know, old man trying to learn new technology. I'm, I'm putting, you know, the broadcast software out and, and putting, you know, your picture will be on one side, your video will be on one side with your name underneath, just like you're watching a news talk show. So uh, you'll see when the, when the video comes out tomorrow in the morning, you'll go, oh, look at that. It does look kind of like a news talk show, like CNN well, or Fox cool. or something. It is. I'll and be, I'm teaching I'll be myself. Going, what can I see in my room? Yeah. <laughs> can you say yeah. it's clean? Oh, I can definitely see. Let's see. I, I, I see some awards back there. See your bicycle, yeah. some hats, oh, some scarves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got my favorite hat. It's, it's like I'm pointing at it. It says, make humanity great again. I was so excited to get that hat. What does you that see, mean it's a blue to one? you? What does that mean to you? Oh, that's when I told you before that I really like, I really just love Eddie Izzard. That's when he ran this this year in uh, in February, and every day in February he ran a marathon in a European country, a marathon. And so he was like, you know, I retweeted. I like, I, I got up in the morning, like at four o'clock in the morning, and be like, ding, I got a ding. He's doing something. I gotta retweet it. I told everybody about it. I tried to help raise money the best way I could because I think. Eddie's an amazing person, but I got that hat and I got my kids a hat. So yeah, the kids have to share their hat. That one's mine. <laughs> they, they do it. I just, I think it's such a great idea. You know, uh, some people will look at it in, in, in a negative way, you know, because it's kind of based on the other thing. But just the what, idea. What other, what other thing is it? I know Eddie Izzard is a very polarizing person. I love his yeah. comedy. And I love that he'll do it in drag just for no apparent reason. Hey, why well, is he in drag? It's, I don't know. Well, He's more comfortable that way, it seems. <laughs> it's, it's not drag. He's actually transgender. Okay. So that's how he is. So sometimes he'll... Yeah. But besides that, um, I like it because it's just... It's the idea of, you know, it takes us, it takes humans to make humanity great again. So I give him thumbs up and he, I just love it. So, and I love that it's sitting there and I love that I've got Elvis over there and I've got, I think there's a pile of clothes over there and I've got my pictures of the band and family over there. You know, I just, um, you know, that song, the Beach Boy song in my room. Yeah, I've always been that person. This is my sanctuary. I love it. You can't see it, but I have this beautiful picture of Marilyn Monroe right here. So... Well, you know, good. You, your room you, is your sanctuary. Your your uh, mm-hmm. well, I guess what I would have was a man cave, and what you would have is a woman cave. <laughs> you know, it's actually it's really a mix of everything. Like I got having three boys, I have so many boy stuff here. You know, because this is what they love. You know, I've got the Simpsons. I've got it. You every like a Disney guy, Marvel, anything you can ask. You've seen it. You know, I've got Elton John stuff around. I've got you know. I really love, I got Charlie Chaplin and Buddy Holly. And so I wouldn't say it's Supergirl, but like it's got touches of pink in here and there. Just, so you know, an what, accent. What is this room, Emily? Is this a playroom or is this a. a no, it's my know, room. It, this is it's your bedroom. Room. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I get to do that. I've actually, um, I'm a widow. Oh. So this is my sanctuary. And uh, I, I don't say that to say, you know, oh, but I just, I like to be able to say, okay, this is why I can do the things like I can do because uh, <laughs> like it's mine, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it, it is mine. It's something that is completely me. Well, so. I was going to come to to where you are now, and you know, you have the three boys. Obviously, mm-hmm. you had somebody to help you make those three boys. I did, you know, and you could talk about about him now if you'd like. It, it, you know, you're experience oh absolutely um the love story of Emily I, it was an absolute love story uh, i loved him very very much and unfortunately uh he succumbed to lung cancer and we didn't find it until it was stage four so but um i have i have pictures of him around the kids know about him uh, our baby 
was 16 months when he passed. So my seven-year-old doesn't really know him, but we talk, we talk about it. We talk, I make sure the kids talk about it. My oldest son was his stepson, but he was, they were very, very, very close. And he said to my oldest son, uh, before he passed, the only way that my children would ever know what kind of dad he was, was what kind of brother he is. And he is a fabulous brother. He is really, really wonderful. And and he took that to heart. So, uh, he's always still with us in that way. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you keep him alive. See, just talking about him, he'll live forever and ever. And and that's it. He lives for in your heart. I love the smile that you have when you talk about him. That's very fond. So I could tell that you loved him very much. And, uh, you know, for me and and probably for everybody who's ever been in contact with it, cancer sucks. Okay. Come on, scientists. Find that that cure for cancer already. People that Um, know math and science. Yeah, I am. I it's it's just the most horrible thing. It's horrible, and, and it affects every single person. There's not anybody who's never been affected by it, and the way that it affects them is awful. From a baby to your grandmother and grandfather, it's just it never is okay. It is such a horrible thing, yeah. and the way it, and it's painful, and that's what's so bad. As somebody who is giving care, you know that it's painful, so, uh- and you can't help it. Do you still have family that's that's helping you out? That's still around? Oh uh, yeah, you know, like uh, my parents. Oh, um, okay. And then uh, I'm very very close to his mother. It's like I tell everybody that I have two mothers. I mean that in every sense of the way. My children go and they see. They call her Honey, which is great because yeah. she's redheaded and wonderful. And they go see their Honey, which is their grandmother, his his mom, and that was her only child. So I take on the role of being her child. In every sense of, of, of the way. So, yeah, I tell everybody, oh, yeah, I got two moms. And I really do. Two moms and one dad. But that's what I got. And we do, we make sure holidays are done all together. You know, because we get along really well. So, all of our, our, our holidays are together. Um, we we go to the cemetery uh, on his birthday, which is right around Father's Day, which is coming up pretty soon. And we just make sure that, you know, he's gone, but we're all still together. No, it sounds like you have a good a good family base, and and I'm, I'm glad that Honey uh, was able to pour all that love into you, Emily Glazier. It's good to have a Honey around in addition to your mom and dad. Yeah, as well. she. I, I we actually I took her and the kids for lunch today. We had ramen. That was another one of my fabulous parts of the day. We had ramen. And uh, my seven year old was like, "This great. This is great." And my eleven year old was like, "This isn't out of the package." <laughs> it's like it's not the same stuff. Where did, where did you I'm have like, ramen? It's better. See the price? That means it's better. No, where did you have ramen? What 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 um, restaurant? Uh, what restaurant? It was in Clear Lake. I, I I don't remember the name of it. That, but that's so terrible. But it just said ramen on the side. It's 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 like for the people who live in Clear Lake, uh, it's right next to the Scout Bar. You know, that's one right. of the really great places that we play in town. So yeah, right next to the Scout Bar, the one right next to the Scout Bar. I'll put that on the so. What Makes You Famous walking tour. Uh, go to Clear yes. Lake. Find the Scout Bar. Look for the mm-hmm. ramen place right next door to it's it. To the left. Just to, right. the, to left. the left. If That's you're right. looking this way, it's to the left. You're if you're looking, looking this that way, way yeah. it's right to the right. It's to the left. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's how it works. Yeah. All right. So where did where did you start? Uh, all right. You you didn't like the haircutting business. And let me tell you, when I was in high school, I took an ASVAB test, and the top two things were photographer and beautician. I like to take a lot of pictures, and I I. Man, I do like to compliment people, so I guess I play on people's uh, on their vanity. 
So I, I mm-hmm. do notice when people look good, hey, let me take your picture. Bam, you know, let me send you a copy of that. That was beautiful. You know, and then uh, I, I, my mom was a beautician when she was a, a kid. So she cut all, all my hair. And I, I guess I, I have COVID head right now, uh, quarantine hair. I haven't been to a, uh, my uh, barber or since uh, since March. <laughs> but uh, all right. So you didn't like the, the beauty uh, salon aspect, the, the beautician thing. You went on, and when did you start feeling like, well, I, I know you were doing the coffee shops, playing by yourself. When did you start meeting up with other people and playing with them, uh, or was Red Iris the first band? Well, I played I played by myself, like, in coffee shops and bars and restaurants for years and years and years. Even after I met my husband, uh, he was so proud of me. He loved it. He used to have this shirt that says, my wife rocks. He wore it. <laughs> like, all the kids, it was great. Um, but... After my husband passed away, I had some really great friends and um, a few in particular, and they were in a band. They were in, in a, um, uh, I'm just trying to find the right word, cover band. Okay. And so the worst year of my life turned into be one of the best years in the sense that the way I dealt with that loss is I would go and see this band play. And the lead singer, who again is a very good friend, he would get me up on stage. He'd be like, all right, play. You sing, you know? And I'm like, oh, I've never sang with a band. I got up there and it was an addiction from night one. You know, I was like, it's great. And so every time I would come in, he'd be like, get up here and sing. And so I would get up there and sing and I loved it and loved it. And that the actual uh, drummer from that band is the drummer, you know, in Red Iris. So that's, you know, because I could get up and sing and he knew I could sing, you know, that's, that's where I had met. So what uh, kind of the event drummer from Red Iris? What kind of event was this that he's having you jump up and what kind of songs were you oh, covering? They would they would they're just bars around town, you know, that you you play in uh all different kinds of places, you know. And since I knew the friend and I knew that they would be playing, I would go at, with other friends and we would go as a group and go watch them and that's like a 4-hour gig. If you get there at a certain time, you know, you're not leaving till two, you're up there, everybody, they're playing every kind of rock. And if, if anybody who's listening is a cover, uh, a singer, they all know that we have standards that we, uh, this one, this one, this one, this one, that we all know them. And so I got to where I was learn the standards and know how to do it. And so right now somebody can call me up and say, Hey, Emily, can you fill in? And I love doing that. Cause that's a lot of fun. Cause you get up there and you know, you get to, sing with bands you've never done before so it's a little bit scary but it's a little bit fun and i i mean and that's how i cut my teeth i cut my teeth with that band and with uh, those people in particular getting me up there to go and play rock and roll and it's just that i love that to go play rock and roll it it it, it brought that sorrow that i had and to a different place where i learned something new and brought so much joy and it made me a completely different person and that's where you I start, how to play you, with the band. you know, doing covers, a lot of, uh, of, of, of songwriters, creators, uh, singer songwriters, they, some of them, some of the ones that I've talked to, uh, you know, feel like it, it might be beneath them to do covers, but you could be a working musician. You can work every weekend at a party, yeah. at a, at a bar, at a, at a wedding, at, at any, you know, a corporate event being in a cover band, you know, but there's some that, Oh, I, I'll only sing my own songs. I'll only play well, you, my own songs. And that limits and, and, you. you. know. Well, then you're right. It does limit you. And then some people may say that once they get into a point, and I know certain musicians who may be like that, but that's because they spent, 
30 years playing other people's songs and now they want to play their own and i have total respect for that i just love music as a whole so I do love singing and playing my own music, but it is so much fun to play somebody else's music. And I never do it like them anyway. So I give it that Emily spin as it is, you know, there are a few songs that I love to sing. And I'm like, oh, please ask me to sing this one because it's going to be so much fun. And I just, I well, give it up. Enjoy. What song? That way people will oh, ask I love, you. I love, um, my husband used to really, or uh, until the day he died, he loved Kings of Leon. So Sex on Fire is such a great song. And the way that I do it completely different than anybody else. And I love that one. I love the killers, Mr. Brightside. Why I love the you? way uh, my friend used to sing it. And so I can no longer sing it the way it is on the radio. I sing it like him every time. And people who know him are like, you're doing it like him. I was like, I know, I can't help it. It just happens. It's just a, that. And uh, everybody plays Sweet Child, but not they don't sing it the way I do it. So <laughs> I well, enjoy the mess out of that. Well, that's just it. You make it your own, you know, yes. on a smaller scale. And this might be a bad word to a genuine musician. I do karaoke shows and I, I get to oh, hear I, that. I get to hear people uh, sing songs in their own way, even though the karaoke track is, you know, very similar to to what the original song is. They will go around the harmonies in their own way. So it becomes their own. So I'm very familiar yeah. with uh, you making the song your own. And I, I do appreciate uh, you know, a good cover band. And, but then you graduate from that. When did you start uh, finding out that you can, are you writing your own songs? Or? I, we, we, we come together as a unit and all five of us come together. We almost always write while we're in practice. That way it's all of us doing it. And that's really wonderful. And I, I wrote before then, you know, when I was a younger kid, I would, I, I could, I, I can write I do enjoy the, and, and it is a little bit different because I can sit down and I can write a song and I think it's great and wonderful and this is really good, catchy song, but it's harder actually to write with other people because you have to be able to say, okay, well, yeah, maybe that melody is a little bit better or maybe that idea of this. And normally, most of the Red Iris songs are, are my lyrics and my melody, but uh, the idea of you know saying, hey, Em, uh, what about you repeat that word or hey, Em, why don't you try to go higher than lower or let's try a different melody and see if we can work it in and sometimes i hate it because i'm like oh that's so much harder than you think it is but then they push me to do it and that's really wonderful but it is absolutely a different animal writing with other people well i mean what is the song writing is, is it writing the poem and then putting it to music or thinking no. about the music and then with, putting lyrics on it so whenever whenever i i write i'm, I'm starting with the music first and then the words come come flowing and, and even when the band and writes together it's the exact same thing um a lot of times we'll start off with a rift and I, like there's this song moonlight and it's actually a lot of people really like it and we wrote it years ago and uh the lyrics just came to me but uh, the guitar player zeke who is really a great guitar player and I, i'm just saying that because he's in my band like he's really a great guitar player because he comes up with these amazing riffs and you're like ooh. and if you played moonlight and you hear the rift in the beginning I can remember hearing that in practice, and then I walked across over to the, the microphone, and I started singing the first lines, and how I felt started coming out. And the, the lyrics, if you hear it, it's a song about the last conversa conversation I had with my husband before he went into hospice. And it was, you know, I'm going to carry on, and I'm going to be standing here, and, you know, and I want to, you know, I, I want to run away, but I can't do that. I've got to do this for you and for me and the kids, and what I'm saying means that. 
it's a little bit of an enigma, but it absolutely means that, you know, it's, I hear you in my head still, you know, um, I'm standing in your moonlight. You're on the other side, but I'm here, you know, and that's the idea of it. And just from that, that, that beginning of the guitar, it was, it snapped something in me and, and all those things started coming out. And then that was a great release for me because I was able to write how I feel. Cause I, um, for a while I was very stoic about it. Having young children, you can't sit around and cry. I mean, you can, but it's just not me. And for people who do, that's fine. I just, I just can't. I'm not very good at it. No, because they're always going to be asking, why is mommy sad? And I could see right. that, that Moonlight is a very personal song for you. I was listening to it on, on your YouTube page. Oh, There's three yeah. different versions of it on the, yeah. on your YouTube. And, and they sound just, you put a, diff, a little bit of a different inflection on each one. Mm-hmm. It's just, I can tell that it's a very personal song. And it came out of you. And I'm, I'm very jealous of someone who who has these feelings and doesn't have to keep them bottled up, you can actually put them out there to the world. I mean, do you write on paper or, you know, the lyrics? I did. Or, or? For that one, I, I wrote on paper. And I, it's particularly enough, I being so bottled up, when I first wrote it, I wrote it in such a way that only really I knew what I was saying. And uh, a lot of the song was exactly the way you hear it now, but I brought it to a friend and he listened to it and he said, well, what are you saying? And I told him, I said, this is what about, it. he goes, well, write that, you know, have the guts to write that. And I did, and it changed it and it changed the way it gave me this release. And I was like, okay, I can actually say this, that, you know, I will hold on. I will stand here in your moonlight, you know? And it was, it was, it was pretty great to, to get that, I guess, permission to feel. Cause like, like I said, you know, I can be kind of, stoic sometimes you know because you don't want to be sad and you want to be happy for your kids and you want to teach them that you know i truly do miss my husband but i actually really love my life i'm very happy in it yeah and, and i'm glad that you had a friend to help you uh, bring this out to bring this to light it's good to have a good producer uh, and you can give credit where credit is due uh, you know whenever you say uh, this friend or this man or this woman you know i always want to hear a name because i like to give people credit as as they as we oh. go through this uh, podcast this conversation i mean unless you don't want to give them credit well, no or, no no um uh i, I can say it uh, because people it's the band's gonna be like i can't believe you did that but no my my um sorry that's the car um no my friend like i when i worked um and and it's the same friend who got me up on the same as gene Velasquez, and he's a musician and singer here in houston but um we we worked side by side uh for for quite a few years like six years and you know, uh, kind of take me under his wing and teach me the stuff that he knew. And I, I love that. We still have a really good friendship and he will listen to something and he'll be totally straight up with me, which I like, <laughs> you know, but he knows exactly how to tell me not to shut, you know, cause I could go, Oh, well, I'm not listening to anything you say, but actually he knows how to say, no, this is listen to this. Emily. this is what I'm trying to say. And he did. He said, write that say like, i don't know what I, I didn't know that write that and i changed probably three or four lines and that was it and you you absolutely can tell now that i told you that that's what it's about you can you can definitely get it from there well, so there good. you go no it's good to have people that help you on your way these are these are the people that you're giving you know little credits that they give you those breadcrumbs that helped you get the path of where you are now and, mm-hmm. and and that's making you the Emily Glazier that you are right now. And so, all right. So yes. uh, since 2016, you've been with Red Iris. You got together with these 
fellas and you're the flower you're the iris uh, 2017 iris. <laughs> you said you know what we're good enough let's get out there and and do some shows well did you start with open mics or or did you actually book no uh, actually the show? greatest thing we our very first show was at, at a friend's house and then like and and like you know we're uh, we're a bunch of musicians so all of our friends are musicians our friends are people who know musicians and uh, uh, uh melissa and rick they're, they're friends and they're wonderful people that we <laughs> we had a we had our first show was there we got shut down in four songs because we were too loud <laughs> but yes. we were good but it that's was great we party. were too loud yeah it was party. we got like i think it was three and a half songs in i was like in the middle of the fourth song <laughs> and we got shut down i'm smiling because like it just it's such a cool thing to say you know uh and, and the cop was like, it sounds good, but I got to shut you down. Well, and what was funny is we had gone to the people in front of the house uh, to say, hey, we're having this party. We went to the side, but we forgot to go to the people behind the house to say hey, we're having this party. We don't know if it was them, but we pretty much think it was them. Well, I mean, my uh, recommendation so. is, uh, you know, you can call the cops first and tell them to bring beer. You know, that's uh, <laughs> that's how you keep yeah, the party going. Texas thing, right? <laughs> you know? But uh, no, I've had plenty of outdoor parties and I'm guessing it was in the in the backyard or something like that. It was a backyard, the pool, you know, always great parties there. But it was it was it, it was and it was in November. So that we weren't getting in the pool. Nope. You know, I can remember and the setup was so great. I think you could probably actually find it. If one of the, the, the videos you're talking about, if it looks like you're outside and you see like a, a wooden fence in the background, that's the one. And uh, <laughs> well, I got uh, the red iris moonlight full live video at White Oak. That's oh, yeah, that was that was that's that was so much fun. Yeah. There's only uh, a, a yeah, few videos out there, maybe uh, seven that I can count on the white on the Red Iris Music uh, YouTube. Um, those are the ones that I, I, I listen to, uh, kind of in preparation of this. Usually, uh, you know, I don't prepare all that much, but uh, I wanted to know a little bit about about the music and your style, and it's very sultry. Uh, just uh, you, you got a an, a very good voice. I mean, I, you know, I, well, thank you. It's it, that's I know that's subjective, uh, but. You know, the people have to go out there and just take a listen uh, to the videos and 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 uh, really just find you. And but you do have a very nice voice, and it, it did uh, get help me get through my day today as I was well, doing the awesome. things I did. Yes, yes. Uh, so you inspired me, and I'm very happy to be talking to you. But uh, you know, as we are, we're we're close to right now. You know, you started playing gigs. Uh, you got shut down after three and a half, four songs. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the backyard, first, yeah, that was the first gig. Yeah. The, the first gig, you know, but uh, you know that didn't stop you. Yeah, uh, you, you started. No. You, you kept going from there. I mean, did, did you start going to bars or, or were you doing? You well, know, actually, we we played some really cool places in town, and since we've all since we've all bit done this, you know, and 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 still do uh, cover shows on the side too. Um, you know, we we normally we, we play at places like Warehouse Live. We we played House of Blues, which was so much fun. Um, we played the the White Oak, as you know, quite a few times. But normally, it, it's it's a place where it's a stage. Sometimes it's a bar, of course. You know, we've got the the Pub Galleria is a place we often play, which has got a great stage. And you know, it's just. Uh, Norm, I mean, we, whenever you do Red Iris, when we do Red Iris, so we're doing original music, we're up there 45 minutes to an, an hour and 15. So it's not necessarily like doing a big show. And we do it with other people and other bands, which is great because then you can get off and you can watch the other band and have a beer and really enjoy it and have a conversation. If you're doing something where you're up there for four hours, you don't, I mean, you enjoy it, but you don't get to converse with everybody and, you know. 
Oh, yeah. It's good to be part of a festival, you know, when I, whenever I'm doing the DJ shows. It's continuous music. I'm stuck behind that that uh, those turntables, you know, for four hours, five hours, six hours. I say stuck. I enjoy what I do for sure. But it'd be nice to be able to step out from behind there. Back in, you know, when I was in Miami, and, oh, I'm going to be that guy. Back in Miami when I was a kid, uh, we had you know, four and five DJs that would do different sets throughout the night so we could step away from our turntables and go and have some fun, you know, but that was, you know, that's how I was set up in my 20s. Now I'm the, I'm the soul guy. I'm the mobile DJ. I have to be the, the lighting guy, the speaker guy. I'm, I'm my own roadie, you know, and it's hard. It, it, the, my, the worst part is the setup and the, and the tear down. I, I don't know how your setup is. Do you, do you have roadies yeah. that, that no, help we you don't set have up? Roadies. Or, and or and I am a different uh, lead singer. I won't talk about anybody else, but I am like, I try to help. Try not to. I have a I couple got of my friends microphone. who are like, no, you sit down and you do your thing and let them do it. I just can't. I know it's not cool to help because it doesn't have that look, you know, but uh, I do. Or sometimes I'll say, what do you, what do you want me to grab? And they're like, oh, no, you're good. I was like, yeah, but uh, what do you want me to grab? Or they're like, you don't know what you're doing. Don't pick up anything. At least I offered, you know. <laughs> well, people offer all of- the time. Hey, you need me to help you set up? Really? Do you know how to set up my equipment? Really? Mm-mm. That random bar <laughs> patron? Do you know what I- <laughs> I've been looking for a roadie since 86. Nobody knows how to set up my equipment. Well, yeah. a lot of times, like, uh, I'll, uh, especially uh, the keyboard player and, and, and the drummer, you got more stuff there, you know. So after <laughs> they've packed it up, I will absolutely carry it out, but I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it, you know, because you're like, I, I, I know you're doing your count thing and how many things that you have. And, oh, no, I don't want to touch it, right. <laughs> you know, but just tell me when. And I'll, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to take them out. Oh, yeah. You've got 10 sets of, sets of cables you're counting on the way in. Oh, those 10 mm-hmm. sets of cables that you have to put in there, that that amount of equipment. So, yes, uh, let every individual person set up their own equipment unless they have a helper of some kind of a roadie, Which is if you funny because I've got nothing. Like sometimes I have a microphone stand, but normally I've got nothing. So then I, I can't be that person. I always have to help because because it's that little, you know, it's that golden rule thing. You know, so it's in my head. It's in my head. But yeah, <laughs> nothing. I, I miss being that guy sometimes, the club DJ, where all I had to do was bring my, uh, well, I mean, later in life, because it used to be a crate of records, I would bring in a couple of crates of records, and that was all I had to, to bring back in the 80s. But but since then, you know, now all you have to do is bring a, a drive or, or a phone or, you know, just something to plug in that has your music on it, and away you go. And so, uh, you know, being a club DJ is, is very minimal equipment because usually they have their their turntables all set up already and and and, you know i guess going into a club for you you can always plug into their system is that um, what usually happens or or do you always have to drag in your own stuff uh it, it it just depends it depends on wherever we're playing um, like, so when we play Wado, you know, we bring in our stuff, but we plug into theirs, you know, same thing with uh, the uh, house of blues and, um, uh, warehouse and places like that, you know, they have their own places and some of the smaller places do, do, do the same. And then if you don't, then, you know, you've got to hire a sound person, which we're lucky because we have an amazing guitarist who already has that stuff <laughs> because like he knows exactly what he's doing. 
we definitely help you know bring that stuff in because yeah we have all our stuff but then when you've got you've got all our stuff and then the sound stuff if you don't help then that's just being a schmuck (laughs) well he knows he's he's the most important part of the band because he's got the yeah because he's got the sound and everything so whenever we do something then yeah yeah for sure (laughs) he's not getting Uh, kicked out (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no I, you know what? For 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 being five people and being pretty different of five people, we do gel really well together. Yeah, like right I, I now, I had that in my we, head. Um, you guys gel really well. I mean, go ahead, continue. Well, um, you know, we're we're in the middle of because of COVID and stopped a lot of things, but now we're getting out a little bit and able to go a few places. And one of the places is a. Uh, uh, trying to finish, you know, our music, and we've got one song almost completely done. We just need to, I believe it's just the mastering it because we have Brock Wilson. Uh, he is uh, like the, the built-in, you know. We love that. He is. Um, he's been mixing, and then we have the whole thing where we all listen to it. And we all have that kind of say. Oh, I like this. I don't like this. And you know, we really do that pretty well. You know, being really honest and saying this. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to hear it, but it. You know, if all, everybody's saying is like, listen, this is what I think. That's kind of great. But right now, we we have one completely ready to go, and three other and others in the queue, and that's exciting. But that's something we gel together, you know, and we all have a different idea. Like, um, I love the way that um, our drummer, JJ, will say, I was listening to this and I think this would sound really great here. I like, you know, you know, why don't you try doing this and this and that? And I enjoy that because that's that influence that I wouldn't have listened to that band, but he could bring that in and say, try this. You know, this is a really great sound. Um, The bass player, OG Oscar, he does the same thing, you know, and they're, they're, they're. Uh, just different kinds of sounds that if you have five people, you know, we're going to get such an amazing sound out of that. And we just seem to gel. We don't really fight and argue and do that kind of thing, you know, because we've, we're all seasoned musicians. We've done it before. You know, it's just a different, it's just something different. So that first song that you put together as Red Iris was Moonlight. Mm -hmm. The first song we put together as Red Iris wasn't moonlight it would have been this song called because of you and we play it live and it's a really really good song we have people going are you going to record that one was it wait that's going to be different to to record but yeah we eventually will but because of you is it's a if you can find it on on, uh, youtube it's a really cool track Uh, but that was the very first one Um, i I definitely don't see that one on the on the red iris music page i know because like we had so many other uh uh You'd have to find it at other places, and I don't actually know how to take it out of. If somebody came and they videotaped us, you know, then you have video. Oh my gosh, I said video. They recorded us. <laughs> Gee, Grandma, what's, uh, what's videotape? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, then you have to get their permission to get that YouTube. So, you know, we still have to pull from other people's YouTube, but, but that is what we will do in the future. But I think you can find it. I know somebody said it's, we got to get it all together and we're working on that but um if you can find because of you because of you was a really really cool uh it's a cool track but that's the very first one that we did all together and then after that they kind of you know we were doing all at the same time well let's talk about that let's uh, get that the how do people connect with you uh, i know i've taken a lot of your time away from your boys no, I'm good. you know but uh, how do people connect with you this way we can get that out of the way uh social wise or do you have a, a red iris music web page well we've got reverb nation so we've got 
I wrote, I took notes. Can't Good. believe it. They're going to be so proud of me. Yes, you're more prepared than I am. Thank <laughs> so you. I'm a little bit prepared, I guess. Um, with Reverb Nation, we have redirismusic.com. And you can find all different kinds of things. There are pictures, what we're all about, what we sound like, that sort of thing. And Twitter, we have red underscore iris underscore music. You know, the at sign before that. <laughs> um, but definitely the one with the underscores. Red <laughs> underscore iris underscore music. Instagram is red iris music and just red iris. Fantastic. And you'll see this face. Yes. And I see the faces of all the all the other boys. The good looking yes. dudes. It's a good looking group there. Yeah. Uh, yeah out we there. do have a, a really pretty band. Rock indie out of Houston, <laughs> Texas. Uh, I guess that's the the nearest. I love big- that that southern look. Like I wear. If you ever see a Red Irish show, I I wear chucks everywhere, but not in a Red Irish show. In a Red Irish show, I wear cowboy boots, and that's my southern rock. That's my that's my thing. That's so funny. And I really Growing up, that. The, you know, chucks was the only shoes that I wanted, but they were so uncomfortable. Such a flat footed shoe back in the eighties. You know, and I, I would beg my mom come on they're just eleven dollars please mom i need some converse you know and i ended up wearing uh, pink ones to my my prom and so yeah i had oh, that's awesome i had chucks growing up but they were so uncomfortable but from what i understand my 14 year old daughter says uh they're a little bit better now they have a little more um, a little more cushion to them they so, do so good they do have some more cushion to them and i like i said i i do i i enjoy I enjoy my chucks. I have several different pair, but I, and sometimes I'll wear them to the show, but I know before I go on, I get looks from other people. I'm going to put those boots on. And then they almost, not that I have a character, but it just puts you in this great, you know, mood, you know, all right, you know, this is, this is the business is what I'm going to do. And I, and I like to stomp. Like if you do catch some of it, I'll send you, if I find some, uh, just so you can see what I'm talking about, I'll send you a, a couple of clips from other YouTube for other different places. And I'll stomp like, because of you, there's a part where I stomp through it. And it, so like the boot becomes an instrument in that sense. Oh, you are so right about having the uniform. If you look at my Instagram, you'll see it's, it's all me in bow ties. Uh, a lot of times it's bow ties with suspenders, a bow ties with a, uh, with a vest on, uh, you know, I've, I've gone to weddings and, and whenever I DJ at weddings, they, you know, I always ask, Hey, how do you want the DJ dressed? You know, anywhere from tuxedo down to, you know, whatever you want. And every time they say, Oh, just wear shorts and a t-shirt. Now, you know, this is your wedding and I'm your entertainer. I have to, I have to put myself in a mood as well uh, to, to, you know, to perform for you. So yes, I put that, that bow tie on, I put those suspenders on, put that vest on, you feel it. You feel it. I'm sure you feel it when you put your, your hat on. I do. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You say you notice I wear a hat at times. Oh yeah, I like the little cabbie hats or like the the fedora or the cowboy hat. I do I do? It's a, it's just it's, okay. I'm in that spot, you know. And uh, but the boots, the boots are really great. <laughs> my, I need to get uh, that my favorite pair resold, and they're so great. Uh, they're a black and red pair, and this is the last thing my grandfather ever bought for me. So I love them, and the the guys. So some of my friends and other bands, I can remember I put them on. I think it was actually, it's the drummer. He, he, he said he, he really liked the boots. Uh, they're black and red. And they're like, oh, that's Motley Crue. That's rock and roll, you know. And I was like, yeah, that's great. And after that, I wore them all the time. Matter of fact, my drummer actually calls me Boots. <laughs> he doesn't necessarily call me Emily. And I know he's like, yo, Boots, blah, 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 blah. And I will absolutely answer because who doesn't want a nickname? That's but like, he's the other one that calls me that. 
that but well, it is kind of cool. No, that is kind of cool. I, I'd say boots. You know, that's that. No, that's a yeah. great nickname. But uh, you know, and you mentioned uh, that you have somebody that's resoling your shoes. That's a dying art right there. You, There's you, a great you, place uh, here in in town. So shout out. Shout out if you know the name of it. Do it. <laughs> I don't know the name of oh, it. Oh, my so goodness. No, we got to give credit where credit is terrible. due. Uh, I know. Sorry. No, no. And I, I, I like to support the uh, the local yeah, boot maker yeah, for sure. Anywhere. If you're in the Clear Lake, Texas area, find uh, find Emily Glazner and, and ask her where that boot maker is. Because you know, this, yes. this is, you know, this is, <laughs> these are things that we need to protect. Uh, well, I mean, we can go into a little bit, you know, because because. What would you? What else would you do with that shoe once it wears down? You would throw it away, and then you being a oh, person, yeah. I could never get rid of that pair of boots. And um, I have to bought them there. I, I have them. They need to be brought there. But um, but I I don't even like not having them in my closet. They're the last thing my grandfather ever gave to me. So, um, but I've worn them so much. Like literally, the 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 sole has come apart. But every time I see them, I just, I think all kinds of different things. Well, that's Red Iris. That's where I got my nickname. And that was my grandfather. So oh, that's fantastic. See, and it all, it's all comes around. It's all personal and it's all family oriented. Your, your, your family means a, a, so much to you. I can tell. And it's, yeah. it, it, you know, and your friends, you make these friendships that are long lasting. The people from high school you still associate with that's. You know, I've learned a lot about you, Emily Glazer, you know, my listeners have as well, and I, I appreciate that so much. But, uh, you know, um, I mean, as we're, we're winding down a little bit, I want to bring it to, to current events. Are you mm-hmm. uh, were playing in bars and clubs until at least March, I'm guessing, and I know that we're opening back up. I, I've been three weeks now. I've, I've been able to do a public show on Friday nights at, at a local club called The Rab in Conway, Arkansas. So put that on the walking tour. You know, Conway, it, Arkansas. Absolutely. You know, the Rab is the you know the it's rab. bar. It's bar spelled backwards. It's the only way. That's great. Yeah, it's the rab. only way they can get away with it because it's a dry county. So, so when you're driving by, you look at it in your rearview mirror, and it says, "Oh, it says bar." Look at that. That's perfect. <laughs> I see. I wrote it down. So, all right, just now. Uh, so we're you know on the but so I'm glad that things are starting to open up. I'm aware that there's this uh, disease out there that has no cure, the novel COVID nineteen coronavirus. But I mean, there's other current events that have happened. You you know, and as we're, like I said, as we're winding down, I, I have taken quite a bit of your time, Emily Glazner. But, you know, I want to hear your views on what's going on in the world right now as we come to the end. Oh, I, um, I was absolutely horrified and moved. And uh, what happened most recently, just awful. My, my, I have family members who are police officers, and I know that there are good people and there are bad people in the world. But, um Absolutely. To me, and like I said, this is my beliefs and not the bands, but absolutely black lives matter. And I understand where they're coming from in the sense of, of course, you know, when somebody looks at me and says in my face, well, every life matters. We already know that every life matters. The point is that it doesn't seem as though theirs does. And I have very good friends. Uh, one in particular, a friend of mine, his name is Bradley Jackson, and he and I have been friends since we were children. And uh, he wrote something so eloquently on his Instagram, and he said he didn't want to have a fight with anybody. He just like, let's just have a conversation. And absolutely, everything should be a conversation. You should, your communication is so important. I understand what, what the hurt and the pain is. And I don't, you know, when people want to give excuses, there is absolutely not one. Not one excuse. No. So, 
So and that's it, it's where not I like stand it hasn't happened before. It, it, this absolutely has happened before. And then yeah. we, we, we talk about it, we mourn about it, and then we forget about it. It's gone. But, but, you know, and just because you say black lives matter doesn't mean that all lives don't matter. It's like, a, you know, if you're saving the right. rainforest, but it doesn't mean that the other forests don't matter. It's just that that's the one that, exactly. that's having trouble right now. That yeah. forest, those lives are having that problem. And has for years upon years upon years upon years, yeah. you know. And, and so I just, it, I'm not normally a real political person, but this is something that was just I, I, I can't not say anything. Oh, absolutely, man. I've talked about George Floyd, and you got to say his name. You know, yeah, George, George Floyd. Floyd. You know, absolutely. Sure. But uh, he should never be forgotten. I, I as long as other people. You know, well. do you do you feel that in history is this the change? Is this the one? I absolutely do. I think this is something that there's no doubt of what happened. You can't turn away from it. You can't turn a blind eye to it. And with our world with everything that is so connected that's why it's so powerful is because it wasn't a clip of something unfortunately we saw it all so um and i say unfortunately in the sense of god that's just an awful thing you know i had conversations with my children about it my children are seven and eleven i teach my children and and it's great they've taken this on and i just i thought of it one day i thought I tell my boys, there are three of them, and you're the most important boys, it, people in the world to me, but in no time should you be more important than any other children yeah. to the world. To me, yeah. you are the world, but to the world, you should be as important as every other child. Yeah. And I know that they're growing up that way. You know, I have conversations with them, and I know that my children are the generation of change, and I think that's wonderful. Well, it's been said that they might be the next greatest generation because they're so. going through a lot of the times that people born in the 1900, you know, in 1900, in that 10 year span, they went through this flu pandemic. They went through uh, wars. They went through trials right. and tribulations as well. A lot of uh, uh, civil rights, uh, a lot of, of pushing for change. So this generation right. might be the next great generation and that actually when, makes a change. And when you say civil rights, civil rights, it's actually it, it stands for everyone's civil right you know that's the you know that's not just um ethnicity that's also gender that's i mean i feel that way you know i i i if you look on my um uh twitter i you know you, you'll see that i stand behind um you know I, I believe trans rights are human rights you know people are human I don't understand why it's any business of anyone how somebody identifies and or thinks of. I mean, that's not even the important thing. I, I mean, that's not what's important in life. I, I love there's this great video and you can find it on YouTube and it's Eddie Azard and he's getting his nails done. And when he was doing the 27 marathons in 27 days uh, for Nelson Mandela, see, I told you I was a big fan Amazing. in 2016. And he goes and he gets his nails done. And one of the things that he says that's just so powerful is, you know, it's what you do in your life that matters. It's not who you fancy. And I'm, not, I'm chopping it and killing it completely or, or how you identify, but it's, it, that's all should all be boring. It's what you do. What do you bring to the world? And I think, Wow. And so, like, I teach my children that. What do you bring to the world? You know, so I, I think we live in a time where we could make such an amazing change if we just have conversations and understand why. Yeah. That's, you you that's don't have thing. to want to do those things. You don't have to even understand 
why those things happen. But just respect just and let dignity. It, let it be. Let it happen. Yes. Live and let live. Love, peace, understanding, all that. Uh, you know, we need unity. And I know that it's not coming. Uh, you, you say you're not political, but you have to be political. You have to, well, to be I mean, a part of the I'm community. Well, I I'm not somebody. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. everybody really, truly is. But I don't normally stand out like right. on a pulpit and say, blah, 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 blah. But if you ask me, I will tell you. Yeah. And as you have asked me, and I will tell you. Yeah. Because I think if we stay silent, then that person who really needed to hear that, hey, they had a friend. Yeah. They would never know it. You know, I like the idea of being an ally. Sure. And I've said it before on this podcast, there's people on the far left and there's people on the far right. And those are the ones that are causing the problem. Come on down the middle with the rest of us. Take a little bit from (laughs) column A and a little bit from column B and let's have a meal right down the middle. You know, we can have some conversations. We all want the same thing. Food food on our plate, roof over our head, a little money in the pocket. You know, we all want the same and, thing. And, and respect and dignity. Respect. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. You know, if you, it's, let's go back to the golden rule because it's so wonderful. If you want respect and dignity, you have to give it. Yes. You do. You you can't just demand, oh, well, I should have it. Well, there's no reason you should have it. You have to give it. Emily Glazner, uh, you know, uh, we've taken some time and, and I've found, you to, I, I'm finding you to be a very thoughtful person, very, you know, very caring person. If you have any other avenues that you want to explore, that's this is your time. If you have any other ideas that you want to throw out there, uh, if not, we can wind this down. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've said all kinds of things already, and I. All right. Well, we already, we already know Emily Glazner. You're going to have a whole lot more followers, hopefully. Uh, Red Iris, go look for their stuff, of course. I hope uh, so. That'd be wonderful. I usually finish these things out with last words for the people. Now. You know, something that the words to live by, somebody that you you heard something from uh, over your life that you you've oh that that's always been in my head for a long time. Or it just could be something that pops into your head at this particular moment in time. And I don't want this to be the last time that we talk. I do want us to get together again and possibly have Red Iris come uh, oh, come on and, and chat with us and 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 record them this these moments in time as you progress in your careers but emily glazner last words for the people i would say um i love the idea when you know better do better so we should all do better because now we know better well there you have it party people emily glazner the red iris herself yeah, I know. The whole band is called Red Iris. It's her and a bunch of boys, okay? But she's the front person. She's the the person that's leading out in the front. The people that they all come to see. Uh, yeah, I know. It's a band. They all gel together. But you know they're there to see that pretty girl up front. You know it. <laughs> and the boys in the back, they know it too, all right? They all have their own skills, their own talents. But she's the face. She's the singer. She's the person out front. Look. We have this flower for you. Take a look. Come see our band. Yes. I encourage you to look up Red Iris right now. I'll wait. Good. Uh, Look up Red Iris. Find them everywhere. Look up Emily Glazner. Find her everywhere. I put her links in the show notes so you can find her. Now, if you're just listening to the audio version of this, I did post up the, the video version. It'll be up there. And you could see her pretty face and see the room and what she was talking about. So there you go. Thank you so much, Emily Glazner, for 
being on the show, what makes you famous. I look forward to talking to you in the future as time progresses, as more and more comes out of Red Iris. And yes, you know, we'll, the amazing thing that you can do where you can have feelings and then put them down on paper and play them out as a song and put it out into the world and make people feel a certain kind of way. It's a talent you have. It's what you do. Thank you for being out there. And if you'd like to tell your story, this time I'm switching over to you, the loyal listener, you who listens to What Makes You Famous. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at RadioWhat.com. That's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys dan.com thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some words to live by you don't have to win every argument agree to disagree a public service message from radio what.com the music you want be on Radio What? Call 501-470-6386. Say your name, where you're from, and you're listening to What? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. <laughs>